Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 143 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with elite runner Muad Ashab. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got the Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 143 so we're ryan and letty we do a weekly marathon running podcast about all things training nutrition and sometimes like today we're going to bring you some inspirational people and today we're going to talk about Mo who lives in Orlando. He's 32 years of age. He comes from Morocco and he moved to the United States two years ago and now his recent marathon at the Houston Marathon his time was two hours and 32. It's pretty fast. Pretty fast right? It is. I'm impressed. So we took the time to interview him. He's actually a training partner of somebody we've had on an episode before, Jeremy Rivera, who has also sped up and is on her way to hopefully soon qualify for the Olympic trials. So super exciting. And I don't want to give any more away than I already have. So we're going to hop right into this conversation now. All right, so I'm here with Moad Ashab. Mo, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, my pleasure. So for those of you who don't know you yet, because you are an upcoming runner and you haven't been running that long, perhaps you can introduce yourself to us, tell us where you're from and how and when you started running. Sure. Uh, so yeah, you said already my name. Uh, so I'm from Morocco. So I just moved here to the U.S. like two years ago, uh, directly to uh, Florida, Orlando. So uh, yeah, from Morocco, I started running like five years ago. Uh, not really uh, any background, uh, like as a runner in college or like uh, in in the university. So I started running five years ago, and it's been a, a huge uh, and a big journey for me because. Uh, it was just uh, a thing that I tried uh, and end up like uh, liking, and it it and from there it was like a fast, fast uh, 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 improvement. And I still want to go there, chase people. <laughs> That's awesome. So basically, you started running in Morocco five years ago, and then moved here two years ago. And how old are you right now? What was that? Sorry. How old are you right now? Oh, thirty-two. So you're 32, started running at 27. And what made yeah. you start running or, you know, running? And then how did you get into racing? Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember my first race. It was when I started running. I uh, I entered to a half marathon in Tangier, which is my city uh, 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 back in Morocco. 
and I entered that race without training, nothing. Uh, and um, I just shared that recently in social media because I was like hiding it a lot uh, from from people. But it was mainly because I was uh, I was like a little bit stressed uh, my, with uh, uh, with some like uh, family issues. Uh, especially my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and I was like just worried. I wanted like just go there and just like uh, run and uh, feel that adrenaline. Uh, so I registered, I entered to that race in, in 10 years, a half marathon. And uh, without training, nothing. And I end up, it would end up being a good race, like one hour 45 uh, without any uh, uh, training. I like it, like how people were cheering, the, the adrenaline of like uh, uh, racing with others. Uh, and uh, from there, I start training uh, by myself uh like uh, step by step and like three i think i remember it was in november and in march i entered my first marathon with four months of training by myself uh, uh it was like barcelona marathon uh uh in spain and i entered that marathon and uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't as like joyful as i expected it was a, a nightmare for me uh i ended up doing three hours 45 and i really did suffer the last like the, the the second half uh i knew that i wasn't doing enough training to 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 race uh uh, uh a marathon and uh yeah i i say okay i'm gonna take it seriously for six months and see what will be the result uh this is how i entered my second marathon which was uh malaga in spain again uh it was like six months after barcelona it was uh, i remember december or november uh, and I ended up being very serious and I broke three hours. So from 3.45, I did 2.59 in six months, uh, just, uh, just like learning how to train by myself without coaching, without nothing, just using YouTube as a reference, some books, internet, like, uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, it wasn't a high mileage either. So it was just like, uh, uh, between, I will say 50, 55 miles per week. Wow. So <laughs> please, uh, <laughs> please let us know what YouTube video you watched to, um, <laughs> to get down to that number. <laughs> so that's a lot to unpack. So basically you felt stressed and I can think of a lot of different stress reliefs for non-runners. What was it that made you pick running when you had, you know, your family issues and your dad's diagnosis? How did you go to running instead of doing anything else you could have done? Um, I, usually I will pick like, I think, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, a collective sport, uh, not an individual sport, but because it was like a so personal issue, I ended up choosing running because it was like, I think, uh, a time that I feel like I could talk to myself without being bothered by someone. So I could like, uh, go, uh, and like talk to myself, uh, uh, find solution to my own problems while I was like running. So I end up not only feeling better, but actually finding solution to my own problems. Uh, and uh, and it, it was like uh, something that I start like uh, feeling that it was like getting bigger and bigger as a way to clear my mind and find like uh, like uh, a solution to my own problems and end up uh, feeling better. Like it, like it was it was like a good good exercise. This is how I start like doing it again and again. Of course, I had that uh, challenge with my uh, with my dad that uh, I will keep improving my times if he keep like fighting against his sickness. 
So I was like, okay, this is a double motivation. I, it's my it's my own time that I can use, and also uh, sometimes that I can make him also happy while he's dealing with his sickness. So it was, uh, yeah, it was multiple factors, but uh, it ended up uh, being a, a a great therapy for me. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's really awesome. And then uh, you mentioned that your first marathon you did in three forty five, which is, you know, not even close to the time that you're running now. But you said you struggled a lot. So maybe you can tell our listeners what were your particular struggles and where they came from. Um, so as someone who was like very, uh, like it was a debut marathon for me without any background, literally there is nothing as electrolyte that I was having on, no gels, nothing. So I ran like 345 without like basically drinking only water from the aid stations and uh no gels uh no electrolyte i had no idea what was that at that time and i end up like hitting a big wall because i was like out of glycogen and out of electrolyte so and uh and uh from there this first half was like very pleasant the second half and then i start struggling so as soon as i finished that marathon uh i was like my goal was like also i want to finish this is my first one if i don't finish that one maybe I will, uh, it will be like, a, 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 like something that will like push me away from continuing doing the sport. But basically it was nutrition that uh, made me suffer a lot. Of course, I didn't realize that after like uh, one year after that like race, but let's say like, or six months, like the, the next one I was like uh, more prepared, but mainly it was nutrition. Okay, so it was nutrition and then you had a horrible experience. But then you said to yourself, I'm going to do it again. So why at that point <laughs> did you say, I'm going to do it again? Why didn't you just, you know, take the easy way and say, okay, I did great for the first half. So I'm going to just start running half marathons. I mean, I love a lot of people. They mentioned that like uh, during the last 10K of a marathon, you're asking yourself why you're, why you're doing that to yourself. And as soon as you finish, you're start thinking, okay, when is the next one? So probably this is what happened to me, but also the adrenaline of like, okay, uh, let's, 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 let's be honest. I didn't try enough. I didn't like, uh, train for it. I didn't like put like, uh, just like 50% of my, uh, of my potential on it. And they end up being like uh, 345, uh, time. So I say, okay, let's give it a try. And if I improve my time, if I go under, uh, three hours, I will never stop running again because I feel like I can, I can like improve uh, 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 more. But it, it, it is that like adrenaline that you got from the end that's okay. You can improve that easily because you, you were not doing uh, uh, nothing about it. But of course, I wasn't thinking of breaking three hours in my next marathon after six months. It wasn't on my plans, but especially because I was training by myself and like doing my own plans. I, I still have drafts of of my like uh, of my like training plans that I was using by myself, and now that I have a coach, it looks ridiculous. I was doing like uh, things that have no sense. I don't know how I end up breaking that three hours. I mean, I mean, I guess at that point, doing all that untrained, you must have realized looking around that you have some talent. So, can you maybe tell us when you figured that out? Was that before you moved to the United States, or were you realizing it when you're still living in Morocco? Yeah, I, I was still living in Morocco at that time, and I realized that I, uh, I had uh, like the assimilation of new paces 
was easy for me enough to to start like uh, 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 trying and uh, and pushing myself. The only thing that was different is like uh, as a runner, I don't have like a, a shape, uh, a body shape of like particular runner. I'm tall. I'm like uh, six six two. Uh, uh, so when I'm running, I don't have the perfect mechanics, but my mechanics worked for me and worked for my body, and it was like easy for me to to uh, to pick up the pace. Uh, uh, but the assimilation of every training that I was doing, uh, it was, uh, very fast and, uh, my body was like, uh, taking that and I started like practicing in the long run. As, as soon as I was doing like two weeks of intervals at certain pace as like sub three hours pace in the next long run after two weeks, I was able to stay with that pace, uh, almost like half marathon. So my body was like assimilating the pace uh, 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 very fast. So I don't know if it's a talent or just like uh, uh, like uh, nutrition or the, the the everything together. But definitely, I felt like I was improving faster than than other runners that just uh, started. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. So then, fast forward, you move to the United States. You're currently living in the Orlando area in Florida. Can you please tell us maybe a little bit about how that move went for you and how you found your running community? Yeah, that move was crazy because it was during COVID. Uh, 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 we we uh, uh, yeah we end up here during like uh, COVID, and it was like a crazy move because. At that time, everyone was complaining in the U.S. I mean, everyone was complaining in the world. And they say, OK, it's time uh, uh, to do uh, a, new, uh, a new step in my life. My dad at that time had just passed away. So uh, uh, and we say, OK, uh, maybe it's time to do uh, some changes. So uh, moving here, uh, it was uh, like uh, a difficult like uh, decision to do, but also the running community make it, made it like so, so easy to feel comfortable and uh, uh, around the, the area, like uh, with the races that they have here, uh, the track shack running series, uh, all the, all the, the, the people uh, that, uh, that are runners. Like I had, like, I think after three, four months here, I have like, I had like a, a easy time, like connecting with new people in Strava, and uh, starting like uh, 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 running with with others, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel like it was a a, a good move uh, after two years now, and uh, yeah, I think one of the key success of my uh, improvement was due to that. Uh, I wasn't having that community back in Morocco. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Just I wasn't lucky to 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 have like people close to me around to run with and uh here i found like the perfect environment for me uh between uh work uh running and also personal life yeah that's amazing um i've noticed that too you know even more so now that we're at a day and age where we have strava we it's so easy to connect with the running community it's almost like i always say it's kind of like church if you go to church or whatever you do you move somewhere new and you find your church your runners and then you connect with them and it's it's a it makes for a really smooth transition moving to a new place absolutely and and people like are easy to approach when you're sharing the same uh passion like it, it's easy to connect when you're sharing something in common and and people are following you and they know that you're like uh running like seriously that you're training the area it's very easy to connect once you have something in common. 
Yes, yes. And so maybe tell us, um, well, let's let's hear about some of the races that you did while since you moved here leading up to when you got a coach. So right before you got a coach, because then I want to hop into the transition of what makes it different while you have a coach. Sure. Uh, the thing that when I moved here and during that first year of COVID, I did stop running for one year. So after breaking three hours, I did stop running for one year uh, uh, because of like COVID regulation back in Morocco. You couldn't go out, run like uh, uh, easily because it was like forbidden to go out and stuff. So uh, I stopped running uh, uh, one year. Then I moved here and the regulation were different. Like uh, the, you can go whatever you want, do whatever you want. So I was running and I started like running for one year. So it took me one year to get back in shape. And the first marathon I did in the U.S. was CIM. So I moved here in November uh, 2020. And I did in, tw in 2021, uh, December 2021, I did my first marathon. So it took me like more or less six months to get back in shape and then six months to train again for a new marathon. So uh, that getting back in shape in the summer in Florida is a hell. So uh, I was suffering Uh, it was, I would say, okay, we never go back to my, to my, uh, to my like uh, fitness level, but, uh, yeah, somehow with, with, with discipline and, 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 and being consistent, I was catching up and then I did CIM as a first, uh, uh, marathon and I ended up doing a PR. So, uh, uh, it was, I moved from, uh, 259 to 248 again, without being coached, uh, just by myself knowing that I did really struggle on the last 10K of that marathon. Like it was uh, also, uh, yeah, it was also like I didn't manage my nutrition very well. I was taking gels like uh, every 45 minutes, which wasn't like enough for me uh, uh, as uh, for carbs uh, intake. But yeah, uh, that was my first marathon uh, uh, moving here in the U.S. And after that marathon, is when uh, uh, I'm meeting with other people, uh, uh, I end up uh, asking advice and looking for a coach. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. So then, so then you got yourself a coach and you're currently being coached by a retired elite runner, Ron Tab, who ran... His PR is a three, I mean, sorry, not three, two, a 209, yeah. I know his PR. Um, <laughs> and so tell me about the difference that made in your life, because I know that earlier you said you looked at your old notes of how you used to train and you even yourself realized, oh my gosh, but how, how is it different being a coach, being coached? Um, because your current PR now is a congratulations, by the way, two thirty-two. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a it's a total difference. It's a, a big difference. Like um, the first thing, in, just to to show you how different it was in CIM, I was targeting sub two forty, and I end up doing uh two forty two forty eight. Knowing that two weeks before CIM, because I was doing my own thing and things that has like had no sense at all, two weeks before CIM, I ran like a a a, a twenty three miles long run with the pace under two forty. Knowing that in CIM, 
during that race after three weeks of that long run, I didn't I didn't hit any splits under under that pace. So I could up easy doing a, a sub uh, two forty marathon on that long run if I was like like going and not like stopping until I finished that marathon on my own. So this is how beneficial a coach can be because it will never let you do something stupid like that. Uh, so once I start withdrawing, uh, of course we had a discussion about my my times and and everything that I uh, that I did before, and uh, then we start training for uh, uh, improving a half marathon time, and everything changes. Like the way that I was training, I was not training seven days out of seven. So I start training every day. Uh, uh, he told me again. Of course, we we agreed that that something that I could do. So I start managing like uh, the training differently, uh, taking care of myself, doing more strengthening training, etc. And I think three months or not even two months after that, I did my first race following a cycle of training with him, and I went from uh, I think two like one hour twenty three to one hour 18 on my half marathon time. And I think, yeah, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. And, and just from one eighteen, then one month later, I did one thirteen, and one month later, I did one twelve. just between December and March. So between December and March, I went from one twenty three to one twelve half marathon, just being coached. That's something that never will happen if I was like just training by myself. I just got goosebumps because <laughs> not only <laughs> is it not only is it um, you know the coaching, but also those blazing fast times are. I mean, that's a what's your PR in the half marathon right now? Right now is one eleven, one eleven sixteen second. Yeah. Wow, you are so fast. I mean. <laughs> I have no doubt that your 232 will still improve. So maybe you can talk to me about um, what you have as goals. Where do you think you can take your running? Yeah, uh, my goal uh, after my like my, after Houston Marathon, which I did like uh, 232, as you say, my goal on that race was going sub 230. I didn't hit that. I was close, but uh, it wasn't the day for me. But still, PR again by by two minutes. Uh, but my goal ultimately is to get to the 220 uh, for uh, this year. Uh, yeah, leading to that podcast, I was like thinking, okay, if she asked me that question, should I say it? But no, I feel I feel very confident, and I like to say my objective because it makes me more accountable and disciplined to do that. But definitely, I wanna go for uh, for a bit at sub to 225 at least. But my ultimate goal. Will be to 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 reach that pace of five five twenty five twenty per mile to to be close to uh, to hit that two hours twenty. But uh, I was thinking to do another marathon before my break this like uh, season because usually I took a break between uh, between like April and, and and May. But yeah, I think I reach a, I reach a decision like not to do it and wait for a fall marathon. So I have more time to train uh, harder and, and 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 go for it. But yeah, two twenty will be my 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 goal for two twenty three. I think it's something that is possible, and yeah, I trust my my coach on how the way the way he's he's doing it. 
And uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but it's a, I like, I like uh, difficult goals. I'm glad that you said it's not going to be easy because we, as I'm grouping myself, slower runners, we always think that the people that are just faster just have it coming to them naturally and you don't have to work hard for it just because you're that much faster and naturally already. Oh, no, no, you suffer. I mean, there, not, no, yeah, nobody will tell you that in the marathon, whatever, however you train for it, you're going to suffer those last like uh, uh, 10 miles, if not like six miles, if you're like very strong, but you're going to feel the pain and you need just to embrace the pain and, 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 and keep going. But, uh, and in the training, it, it, before doing Indy in the summer training here in Florida, I was training with my uh, teammate, Jeremy, and I wasn't able to keep up with her in the long runs in the summer. I was like on a period that I was like having like, uh, like doubting myself, how, like, I can, like, no way I, I cannot uh, keep up with, with, with my teammate in the workout and, and still end up doing a PR in India after that summer of, uh, 234. So yeah, during the cycle of training, you will go through a lot of like uh, uh, roller coasters and you need to embrace the moment that you're feeling good, the moment that you're having like, uh, uh, like some up, and you need to keep, keep going. Like there is no other, there's no other secret that, than consistency or like just being like disciplined. Like uh, recently I was just hearing a podcast with Iliot Kipchoge and the thing, the three things that he say about self-discipline, that's something that every runner should keep in mind. He said like three things to be self-disciplined is first one, inject yourself with vitamin N. And with vitamin N, he means learn how to say no to others. Second thing is like make your priorities right. And third thing was no complaints. So those things are totally like in my in my mindset every time i'm i'm i'm, I'm running i'm going through through a, a running cycle because it make uh, it makes sense to me i like that and i like his tips too and hopefully we'll use the vitamin n appropriately and we don't say no to the hard part of the workout because <laughs> no, that no, could no, have no. been misinterpreted a little bit but perhaps <laughs> you can give us some other tips um for example when you are in a workout and you feel like, okay, I feel like I am getting sick or my lungs are going to pop. How do you keep in it? Yeah, um, that, that's something that, first of all, you need to know which, what is your zone, like what, what, what zone you're training on. Because sometimes, even with, with, with my coach, we're not defining the zone. When we started the, the, the training cycle, we're not defining the pace and the zone because we still, we know that like, the, the, the training, the same training that we're doing now, like, uh, let's say eight weeks, uh, before the marathon, doing the same, uh, intervals or workout three weeks before the marathon, it will be a huge difference in paces. So the first thing I learned is to train by effort and, and, and not to train in by like heart rate or, uh, by pace or whatever, but just to train by, by perceived effort. And that it was a game changer for me. Again, when I was training by myself, like what is perceived effort? Say, so what is that? But yeah, it's something that I learned with Ron to understand that. So 
when I'm in that zone that you were that you were you were describing, I don't feel like oh something is going bad. No, it's the same effort that we'll be doing the marathon or uh, less than that, but it will be different. So if I feel like I'm on that zone, I'm happy to be on that zone, even if the pace is slow, because I know that in a better day, I will be in the same pace, but the perceived effort will be less. So you need to embrace that effort and go for it. Even if you feel like, oh, my time was slow. But again, once you improve, you will be doing the same time or better than that, but the perceived effort will be less. Okay. And since we are talking about the perceived effort, and you mentioned something like that earlier, that when you were doing one of your first marathons, the second half of your marathons was a struggle fest. How do you deal with it now? Because obviously, your perceived effort trying to maintain the same pace inevitably will go down a little bit, or it'll go higher, it'll seem, uh, you know, more, it'll seem more difficult. So how do you deal with that during a marathon? Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm still learning how to how to do that. I still didn't reach my full potential on managing, uh, let's say, uh, a negative split in a marathon. Uh, even if you don't really need a negative split, and I uh, uh, I like to say that to all the people, you don't really need a negative split to to PR in a marathon. But in terms of managing your effort, yeah, it will be the perfect race. Like uh, if I took my time, like uh, if I take my time from Houston. The first half was like 114 and the second half was uh, 118. So I did, did a big positive split. I ended up like uh, feeling the pain in the last uh, uh, 10K. My target was like 228 and then I went to 232 just because of that last 10K. So the thing that changed, it was like, especially my mind is not the training itself. It's like not giving up. So my mind is, even if you're feeling the pain, even if you're slowing down, stop looking at your watch stop like uh, uh focusing on oh i know i'm not gonna reach my goal so my mind is the one that is become like very strong uh managing that period when you're struggling on the second half and still keep uh, uh pushing and not like thinking about to drop because let's let's be honest who doesn't th think about dropping in a marathon when he's suffering like everyone is like having those like negative thoughts but the way you fight those negative thoughts is what make you a better runner. Yeah, absolutely. And to help you with those negative thoughts, um, do you do any mantras or anything like that? Or do you just kind of think about Kipchoge's tips? Or what is what is it that you kind of juggle around in your mind to keep you focused? Yeah, I don't have some, I don't have any like mantra, special mantra, but the only thing that I have. If, even if my dad passed away, I still think, uh, oh, I have this deal with my dad that I need to improve my time. So uh, I feel like, okay, he, he's gonna be like sad, or he's not, he's not gonna like it, or like he's gonna, uh, he's gonna win the challenge that we had together. Uh, so I'm still like, okay, no, 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 he's waiting for me on the finish line, even if he's not. But I'm thinking about, no, no, he's waiting for me to to uh, to, to to share the time. So. This is the way I'm 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 thinking when I'm start suffering uh, is like just to think about him. Uh, I, it's it's something basic, but it's my main motivation when I start running. So that's a, that's me. a really big motivation to have. You know, having something like that happen to you and having made kind of a, a deal with them. So I think that's uh, probably a stronger motivator than most of us have. I like I, I like that because um, it's something that I use is like from pain uh, from pain to purpose. Because you can convert that pain into a purpose and not still like dealing with it 
uh, and dealing around it, but to convert, like to, to change that pain to, to, a, to a purpose. I love that. Okay. So then um, you were mentioning earlier also that your nutrition game wasn't on par. You didn't know what electrolytes are. Um, and now you do, and you are doing well with them. So can you maybe just give us a brief glimpse of what your nutrition looks like throughout your marathon cycles and also during the race? Yeah. Uh, one of the things is when I started running in during the training cycles, I was limiting myself in carbs. So I was like, oh, to run faster, I need to look skinnier. I need to eat less, etc. So those like a uh, uh, mistake, big mistake I was doing. So, and the last, I noticed that in the last buildup from to Indy and Houston, I waited more than ever. And I did PR at huge times then like, like I improved my times by like 40 minutes between CIM and Indy. So, and I was like, I think waiting like, I don't know, in kilos, it would be like almost like seven kilos more. Like uh, it's, it's a huge difference, but I was not limiting myself in carbs during the training cycle. So uh, when I'm feeling hungry, I'm eating. I'm not like counting the calories that I'm eating because I know that I'm burning a lot. I'm a heavy sweater. So um, I'm drinking like electrolyte during the day. Like I barely drink like uh, uh like water only every time I mix water with electrolyte right now, because I know that I'm training every day and I need it. And also the intake of carbs per hour during the race has changed. And I still need to change that, you know, in, in order to improve. So right now in a marathon, I'm, I'm between like 50 and 55 carbs per hour, and I'm trying to get to 90 grams per hour. So basically eating a gel every 5k. Okay. But uh, in terms of nutrition during my cycle, uh, yeah, not limiting myself, uh, car drinking enough water and electrolyte, not only the day I'm training, like during my, like when I'm working, etc. And uh, yeah, trying to eat like as healthy as possible, which means for me, because if everyone has a different definition of eating healthy is uh, for me, eating healthy is like eating the maximum amount of food at home, cooking myself. That sounds very healthy. It's always, you know, you, you were in control of what you put into your food. And I mean, as you know, <laughs> and have probably realized about the American diet, there's a, a lot of, um, you know, added stuff, especially in the restaurant business. So it's probably the best way of doing it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I, I had, I had to adapt also the, like one of the factor, like to adapt well here is to adapt to the food industry because it, it's, it's different. The sugar, the sugar rate is like uh, very high in everything you're 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 like you're purchasing from outside. So you need to, yeah, you need to be definitely careful. Oh yeah, I mean it's when I moved here, it was not just the size of the grocery store, but also the size of every single container on yeah. the shelves, <laughs> and then the list of ingredients. When you're just buying peanut butter, you just put <laughs> peanuts in it, right? But then right. you look on the back, and you have to literally look for the peanut butter that just has peanuts in it. Because you can find peanut butters with 20 different things in them. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm lucky enough not to have any allergies or something that is like uh, 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 that I need to be uh, uh, careful about. But still, uh, still, I need to be more uh, consistent in that to avoid, for example, especially in the week uh, before the marathon. Uh, I like to do like a, what I call a low residue diet. When I start like 10, 10 days before a marathon, I start to uh, remove anything that 
call like could like uh, uh like increase any residue in my stomach or lead to any problem like uh, uh in a marathon like i know uh, something like with the oil uh vegetables that can have like a lot of residue etc so i try to to keep it very simple 10 days before the, before the marathon and of course the the the, the day before I keep it as my long runs. I don't do any changes. Uh, just keep uh, things simple. Uh, seasoning for me is a deal breaker because a lot of people, they don't, uh, I think, they don't focus on that. Uh, I like to keep it simple. Oil, like everything I'm eating the day before would be olive oil and salt. That's the only seasoning that I'm using. Yeah, but I've heard be. it. I've heard it be described as a toddler diet, basically eating as bland <laughs> as possible, and um, you know, just so that way you can uh, avoid any happenings in your stomach on race day. So yeah. So my last question to you is: Does running, even though you have gotten so much faster, is it still? that same does it still have that same mental effect as it did before where you were saying that it's almost kind of like a meditation a getaway from everything where you can kind of go through your problems and resolve them does it still do that for you now or have things changed when it comes to running no it's still it's still the same just maybe the 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 things have have shifted differently because when I started running, it was, uh, as I told you, like for, for, uh, due to, to my father's sickness. And then I had to accept that. And then uh, when he died, I had to accept that. So, yeah, at, 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 at one place, like you, you accept that and you move. But still, in life, you have different problems. You have other problems that will come in and you have like uh, other things that you need to deal with. So uh, I feel like it's still helping me to, to make uh, uh, the right decision when I'm dealing uh, with any problems and I need to find a solution. So uh, it's still doing the same effect. The only thing that uh, uh, has changed is like now I'm not only looking for that effect. I'm also very competitive. I did, I discovered that on me. I'm super super competitive when it's become about like when it's like about racing. I like I like to race. I like to to have people around me who are like faster, so I can uh, race with them and I can like still uh, uh, reach that level. But yeah, it it this is this like uh, a combination between both of them, like uh, finding a purpose and also uh, I like the competitiveness in running. That's awesome. And I'm happy for you that you are in a faster running community of the country, because <laughs> if you were down where I live, <laughs> you wouldn't probably have anyone to run with. So, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sure there is people around. <laughs> so well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, if people want to reach you and find you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very like uh, active in Instagram. So my Instagram is uh, more uh, uh, running. And, uh, yeah, um, they can, people can reach me there. I have an open account. Uh, I, I only share about running. So if they, if they're looking, uh, uh, after, uh, training and stuff, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very open to answer all the questions, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's the, the, the social media that I'm using. Perfect. And we will link it in our descriptions and thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for your time. Thank you all so much for talking with me and we wish you the best in your future. Thank you for being so inspiring. Anything else from you, Ryan? Hopefully everyone enjoyed the conversation and they can use it to get faster. 
Exactly. All right. So with that, have a good week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.